From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. This episode is number 95. I am Brad Robinson. Today's episode is on number is on step number three of the recovery journey. Now, we already went over step number one and two. Number one was take responsibility. Admitting to yourself that everything in your life has gotten beyond you. Then we went on to step number two, which is get yourself knowledgeable. We come to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. It could restore us. So getting yourself knowledgeable was all about expanding your perspective, finding those people, coaches, role models that have gone through the same thing you're currently going through and have gotten better. And this is an important step where the anxiety sufferer moves from that unknown, unknown territory, that total chaos to the known unknown territory where they realize, oh, this is anxiety. I've been causing all of this chaos through my habits and I finally know what it is, but now I have to learn more about anxiety. How do I recover? What do I need to do? What are the techniques? How did this person overcome anxiety? So it's the learning process, right? And it's always going to be that learning process, even though it's step number two, and it's always going to be throughout your journey through life, to getting yourself knowledgeable, always improving on yourself, always expanding, uh, the information that you receive through books, through podcasts, through YouTube videos. And that's a essential part of the journey that you're currently going through. Now, step number three is determine your goals and the obstacles in your way. Now, throughout these steps... I've been referring to Russell Brand's book, Recovery. I really like this book. I love this book because he opens up about his struggles with alcohol addiction, with heroin addiction, with his ego addiction, his materialistic uh, addiction, right? Always wanting to look um, the best that he could in the wrong manner, right? His his ego got, got the best of him. He was always a puppet to his addictions, whether it was sex, alcohol, uh, weed, whatever it was. And so he opens up about his uh, struggles with his addictions, and he lays out the 12-step program to overcome addictions, and it applies to the anxiety Uh, recovery journey as well, because it's the same thing. His life has gotten beyond him through his addictions. Then because of all of his negative habits, anxiety, depression came about because 
there was just too much chaos. So he had to go through the 12-step program to overcome his addictions, which is part of the anxiety recovery journey because all of our habits have been causing us and have been leading us down a road that has caused us to be in this chaotic state. So I, I love his book and I do recommend it. So in his book, step three is, are you on your own going to get better? Are you on your own going to get better? Now, I was very strict with my money. You know, when I was suffering back in the day and when I was impulsive and just living in the moment, but I was really strict with my money, even though I would impulsively buy materialistic goods that made me feel whole, like clothing, especially clothing. You know, I, I would watch a movie and there'd be that cool guy on the on the screen and he, he was wearing these clothes and I, I just wanted those clothes because maybe I'll just be like that guy, which in a way is okay because that's what role models do. But I was always finding myself through the, the clothes, through materialistic goods. And I was always fearful of big pricey items that would further my development in some way. I was always fearful of those things, you know, courses, workshops, programs, and they always slipped through my fingers because I was too fearful of, quotes, losing my money. I was, I was always thinking like, oh man, I'm just going to waste $5,000 on this workshop. Like, like that's too much money. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to invest in that. But when I was going through my recovery and when I finally admitted to myself I needed help, I then went and bought a recovery program. Now, this was interesting because there was a great feeling that went along with that purchase, that I was serious about my recovery, that I was taking it seriously. I felt proud of myself, but also the act of spending my hard-earned money on a program directly spoke with my unconscious mind that this is what I want in my life that I'm willing to spend that money I am clinging on to to improve myself in some way. Because what we act out attaches value to that act. So because I acted out the purchase of that program, I'm telling my unconscious mind, this is what I value. I want to get better. Before my recovery, my goals were to earn more money, to be happy, to live in the moment and do what I want. But that only kept me stagnant on Pleasure Island, right? Because the idea of doing what I want and, and living in the moment included smoking weed, included drinking alcohol, included um, sex, these things 
were temporary pleasures, but it only kept me in the chaotic state I was in. It was just impulsive actions. And those impulsive actions not only kept me on Pleasure Island, but I was digging a deeper and deeper hole because impulsive actions always opens a can of snakes because one impulsive action has, say, you know, five consequences to that action. If you're the type of person that sleeps around, then, you know, it's, you know, the act of sleeping with that person is great, but there's unwanted pregnancy. There's unwanted diseases out there. And also your emotional feelings are involved and that gets disrupted on a unconscious level. And once I began expanding my knowledge and shifting my perspective from these coaches who overcame the same thing I was going through, I set an aim to get to where these people are, to to fully heal, to finally heal, to be comfortable in my own skin, to be present in the moment. An aim was set because... The more I was subjecting myself to these podcasts, to these coaches, my unconscious was like, oh, this is what Brad wants in his life. The more I was doing it, the more uh, I attached strong values to this. So my value shifted from that impulsive puppet that I used to be to being this person who wants to improve, to want to want to who wants to have this developing mindset. So the aim became clear, but the doubt was there. There was a lot of doubt. Moving into that unknown territory that is recovery is always met with resistance. There's always going to be resistance. So then once you get that resistance, you begin feeling and thinking and behaving in a manner that you're not accustomed to. That's what happens when you shift your identity. You get that resistance inevitably because, like I said before, your unconscious is so used to acting in the same manner that you used to act. So now that you're shifting and doing things differently, you're thinking, feeling, and behaving differently, you're going to feel and, and, and get that resistance And then you're going to feel like a fool. And Maggie, my fiance, she's learning to drive, but I have a stick. My car is manual. So when she starts to drive stick, she feels like a fool. I can see that she's stressed. She's sweating. She, you know, she gets frustrated. It's, it's, she gets angry and she can't. Sometimes she just can't, she's like, I just can't do this. But every time that we go out driving and I'm teaching her how to drive stick, she gets so much better each time. But in her mind, she's like, oh, I just can't do this. But I'm like, look how far you are now compared to where you were three days ago. You're so much further down the path. And 
that's the thing. When I first learned how to drive manual, I felt like a complete fool. I was stressed. Every time I got in that car, I did not want to be there. I would think of a million other things to do than to drive and learn how to drive stick. So the fool always becomes the master. Always. You're going to feel like the techniques are not working when you start to recover from anxiety or that meditating is not working for you. Because when I first started to meditate, I couldn't even sit still. My legs would shake. My legs would hurt because I was not used to sitting cross-legged and I couldn't focus my mind. I would open my eyes after two minutes and be like, wow, I can't even close my eyes for two minutes and calm my mind. But that's the thing. It's going to be painful at first. You're going to feel like a fool and you're always going to be a fool once you start something new. And I just recently watched uh, this movie, Eat, Pray, Love, which is interesting. I don't recommend it, but there's an interesting part in this movie where she goes to India. She first goes to Rome, and it seems like Pleasure Island for her because she went to go on this huge, long trip to find herself because she wasn't happy in New York. And so she goes to Rome first to to venture, but it seems like Pleasure Island because she's drinking wine, eating pasta, hanging out with friends. You know, it's just Pleasure Island. But then she goes to India and she moves into this chaotic, unknown world. And this is where she really tests herself. And Julia Roberts' character, she goes to sit and meditate. But when she starts to meditate, she opens her eyes after a minute and looks at the clock. And she's like, oh, this is brutal. You know, what am I going to... And then when she's meditating, she's asking herself all these questions. She can't seem to calm her mind down. But when this other gentleman starts to ask or, or, or comment on Julia Roberts' character, like her meditation styles, Julia Roberts' character, she starts to get angry, frustrated at this gentleman. And, and it's because she's, she's just starting out as the fool, right? She needs to open up her heart and her mind and, and, and surrender to all of the, the feelings within her and surrender to, the, to a higher power that, you know, there's something beyond her, right? That, that once you surrender to it, the answers will come forth. And that's the thing when I was going through my re- anxiety recovery, when I surrendered to my sensations, how I was feeling, and when I couldn't sleep at night, and when I surrendered to how I was feeling, I ended up going to sleep, or I ended up meditating for a longer period of time, or I, or, I, or the negative thoughts seemed to dissipate. And so, from that movie, seeing Julia Roberts' character get frustrated reminded me of myself, that you're going to have to go from a bad place to a worse place first, that you're going to have to confront the things that you don't want to confront. These steps, the steps that I'm laying out and that Russell Brand lays out, they work together. 
as you continue to open your mind through other books, coaches, programs, the puzzle pieces fall into place. So when I would read a book, it was confusing. I was learning about the brain, how anxiety works, um, the amygdala, the unconscious mind. It's confusing. But after reading that book and picking up another book, the author of that book looks at the unconscious from a different perspective or looks at the brain from a different perspective or looks at anxiety from a different perspective. So the more books and the more coaches and the more videos and the more podcasts you subject yourself to, the diff- the more you're going to understand the brain and how our bodies work and anxiety. So everything opened up for me when I continued getting myself knowledgeable And so now that you have an aim, it's going to be a zigzag pattern to reach that aim. But at least you are further down the path than you were yesterday or a week ago. Just like Maggie learning how to drive manual, she's better three days. She's better now than she was three days ago. And a client will tell me, that they still feel chaotic, they still feel anxious. But when they reflect on their state a few weeks ago, they always say, I feel significantly different from that me, the me that I was a few weeks ago. Having a picture of what you want your life to be like in three months from now is important. The unconscious mind understands and is impacted by your imaginations and emotions. The role models you look up to help you with this. So the more you subject yourself to those people, the more you're going to reach that aim and move down that path. I see all the time anxious and depressed people, they surround themselves with the wrong music, the wrong people, and the wrong environments. And they fit the part perfectly. The people they hang around, the friends they hang around, are like them. They accept them for who they are, but that's wrong, right? You should be helping that person grow in some manner. But to an anxiety sufferer, it's important that you Take responsibility and find the people that have gone through the same thing you went through. And to watch out for the environments you put yourself in, the patterns you put yourself in. And those patterns need to be broken. You need to shift those patterns, whether they're thought patterns or habits, they need to be broken. Then, when you begin to step out of your familiar world, you will feel more pain. So when that anxious person steps out to recover, they're going to feel more pain. And so then they'll say to themselves, I need weed because it makes me feel better. I need that 
friend because they understand me. I need that music because that music speaks to me. And need means you can't live without that. So you're a puppet then to these pleasures. They control you. Is being dependent the true solution to the chaos in your life? Now, I want to read a passage from Russell Brand's book, Recovery, and it really spoke to me, and I hope it speaks to you as well. He says, step three means we ask for help. When I notice that I'm agitated, fearful, or confused, I no longer, as in the past, plow on. I pause. I have learned to better commune with my feelings. Mentally, the inner dialogue is like this. Wow, that is a really hurtful email. I hate the person who sent me that. I must be pretty worthless for someone to talk to me that way. I think I'll send a response so loaded with invective and syntactic daggers, this person will never bother me again. I read an email that disturbs me. I feel mobilized in my gut. My body responds first. Then my thinking alters. This is a trivial example of the ordinary junction that previously would set in motion a chain of events that would lead me needing a a drink or use or act out the kind of everyday challenge that I needed an addictive supplement to tackle. Now that I have made a decision not to live that life, I have to recommit to it every time I encounter an event that triggers my old way of thinking. This happens more than you might think or notice. It happens to me all the time. I rely on the support of other people who work 12-step programs. So when I get a troubling email and the accompanying troubling feeling, I call someone and ask for help. This tiny act of ingenuity disrupts enormously my previous model of behavior, which was feel, think, maybe, act. The compulsion is ingrained and barely conscious, so I have to be vigilant to spot the opportunity to change direction. So anxiety sufferers are very out of tune with themselves. They don't know who they are anymore. A lot of people come to me and say, Brad, you know, I I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like I'm just not myself. I haven't been myself for years. And it's because their anxiety systems have been running the show. Their life has become so chaotic. Their anxiety systems take over all other brain processes and you feel like you're automated. You feel like you're just a puppet. And so their thinking patterns are disruptive, right? Because now that the anxiety systems have taken over all other brain processes, they can't think properly. They can't think properly. And so this is a huge concern for that person suffering from anxiety. So it's about getting back in tune with yourself. 
and disrupting that thinking pattern so that you can begin to think differently. That's the thing. I was always getting advice on what I needed to do to improve myself, but it was up to me to act on them. It was me who was going to change me. I always relied on those movies, on those inspirational, motivational videos on YouTube to help me. But after watching the motivational video, what do you do? You just forget about it. Because you need to continuously act out the new identity that is going to propel you towards that aim. You need to have an aim though. You need to have an aim and commit to it. And you need to work on yourself all the time. That's how you change your identity. Your unconscious needs to live out the new you in order for it to run automatically. So watching that motivational video is good for 10 minutes, but your unconscious is like, okay, time to go back to your old ways instantly. But if you're always getting yourself knowledgeable, you're always around those inspirational, motivational role models, if you're always placing yourself in challenging and uncomfortable situations, your unconscious is going to change. Your identity is going to change. Your values are going to change. Is it clear that your previous plan before recovery was not working? Mine certainly wasn't working. Why continue with your current plan if it's keeping you stuck in misery? Is it not worth pushing through that pain and resistance to reach that greater aim? Ask these important questions to yourself because I did and I attached so much pain to staying in that chaotic state that I just pushed through that resistance. I became the fool, started from square one. I became a student of anxiety and that's what you need to do. And that's where I'm going to leave you on this podcast episode. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Remember to implement these techniques and remember that my anxiety recovery program is available at unpluganxiety.com. And I included everything that worked for me to recover from anxiety into that program. Everything I found to be useful, helpful techniques, releasing trauma, meditations, and uh, and manifestation meditations. Uh, I talk about techniques, strategies, and I lay out the steps in that recovery program. So please just go visit that website and check it out and see if it's right for you. If you're struggling from anxiety, I couldn't recommend it more. And lastly, I just want to say, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project program 
is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. What are you waiting for? Visit unplugganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.